So the NRL Supercoach All-Stars podcast. This is Barnsley back again for another week with Billy. And Billy, mate, what a massive, massive round that was. That was huge. And I looked at some um, stats and comments and stuff, and that was one of the biggest rounds for a few years at this point of the season. Yeah, normally I'd be stoked for the 1,300, mate, but I uh, think I need a step over to try and catch up to a few people. Oh, it's crazy, wasn't it? I, I ended up with a 1360 something, and um, like that's a good score. But I was, <laughs> I was still unhappy if I if I got told a few weeks ago you're going to get a 1360 something in a few weeks, and I would have been really really happy. But I um, had Ponga, I had Munster, um, I had Teddy, I had Cook, I had all the big guns. And I just chose the, the worst person to put the C on in Ponga, even though he got 90, and most weeks that's going to be great. I just lamented having the C all week on either Teddy and sometimes Cook and VC, Munster, and I just ended up going the Ponga route, and it just ended up being the wrong one. It was probably the difference between me hitting sort of 14.50 and being right up there to, you know, mid-1300s and just, you know, <laughs> should be happy, but not quite as happy as what some of the other guys are. Yeah, good score, but it seems like a uh, just uh, one of those weird vanilla gorilla years, mate, where the uh, 1,400 is in your 1,200. Yeah, it was a huge round. Um, so this week, guys, we're going to be um, going back to the mailbag. Uh, we've got a heap of really good questions this week. Thanks for sending them in. Like always, we won't get to all of them. Um, I've tried to respond to some of the ones that we won't get to. I'll, I'll also mention, too, we, we've had some questions on the round 16 buy and stuff as well. Um, which we'll try to cover the next few weeks. Um, we'll probably do another half a podcast on the round 16 buy when we get past the next buy. Um, but let's get straight into it because we've got another huge weekend of football this one. Magic round was fantastic, but I reckon there's going to be some big scores this one as well. And our first question was from everybody. And someone even threw a cheeky comment about um, asking it on your behalf, Billy, because you're such a big Reese Martin fan. And uh, an owner. So, what do you do with Martin if you own him? That's an easy answer. Considering everyone has around twenty guns right now, you can leave him on the bench with Lane and whichever three other guns you don't want, and then just play him whenever Dean Pay is smart enough to put him in the starting starting thirteen. Like, yeah, I, I tend to think that it's definitely not a decision that you need to make this week anyway. He's he's in Jersey fourteen this week, um, but we know that when he plays, he still gets good scores. Um, obviously. If he stays in Jersey 14, he's going to get reduced minutes. But the guy's been a gun whenever he's gotten to play. Um, he's still got a five-round average of 63 points. Hopefully, Jersey 14 doesn't mean he's going to get dropped altogether. But I agree with you, Billy. I just I probably just wouldn't play him this week because he's on the bench. He's only got a BE of 53, so he's not going to leak cash, is he? Yeah, I wouldn't play him this week. But um, if you were, if you were struggling for a number, he's not going to be the worst player. Uh, last time he came off the bench, he'd be... Played 60 minutes um, a couple of weeks ago. He had a HIA and came off for 10 minutes and came back on. So he played 70 minutes. He had a decent score, but he had that um, uh, LBA try assist in that as well. Hasn't been kicking too many goals um, this week. He's got um, he's got Titans this week, so 
60 minutes versus the Titans wouldn't exactly be the worst uh, game game of all. So decent pod, although I'd still prefer the 80 minutes one. Yeah, of course. And we are only a couple of weeks off the buys, so I mean, because his BE is reasonable, I don't think there's any huge rush to sell him. I, I, the only time I would understand someone selling him is if your 17 is shot to bits. So if you've just copped a lot of injuries and your 17 is not very strong, um, and if you leave him on the bench, you're just going to be playing two or three plebs, um, then I'd understand just cutting your losses and just saying, look, I'm just going to let him go. And that's fair enough because you could almost straight swap Reese Martin at the moment to someone like Jason Tomalolo. So if you've got good enough squad of 17 this week to just play them and just to leave Reese Martin out, then I think it's fine. But if you've been copping injuries and you've been struggling, then I don't think it's the worst move. I think the best the best thing to do, though, would be able to be able to bench him and then get to round 12 and reassess and see where it's at. And it could be that he's still coming off the bench, but if he is, you take your you know 45 points in round 12 versus Canberra maybe as a, as a bit of a floor. Um, and then you can look at on-selling him after that, and you're probably not going to lose much cash doing that either. So, Do whatever you can to hold him, but um, because Jackson is going to be in origin, so um, that back might open up again, even if Dean Pay decides to bench him for now. Surely he's the first man back in. Yeah, good point. Um, so next question, um, we've had a heap of people ask about both Gutho and Croker, um, and also ask um, whether they're good buyers, but also if they're um, year-long keepers as well. So we've spoken a fair bit on Gutho and, and Croker. Um, Billy, Gutho, we've talked about a lot. Obviously, he's he's played really well, but he had a only scored in the teens last week, which was terrible um, for the people that got him in. Actually, he got downdated to 10. I forgot about that. So 10 points is horrible. He's got an 85 BE this week. He does only cost 526,000. Playing the Cowboys and then playing Penrith before he hits the bye... I don't see him as a as a terrible option at the moment. I wouldn't bother. It. I wouldn't bother with him this week. But the same with um, the same with Croker. Mate, Eels playing away from home. He's been he's really been informed. But I'd, with an eighty three break even, I'd much rather just sort of wait, hang back, wait and see what happens in the Penrith game or what his break even is there, and whether or not he actually gets selected for Origin. I kind of doubt it. But someone's going to be on the, on that bench. And, um, he might, him or him or Walker might conceivably be that um, that, that bench interchange. You, know, you never know what they're going to do, mate. So I would just hold off for now. Yeah, same with Croker, mate. Um, reasonable break even at home versus the Rabbits. I just wouldn't risk any of those guys this week. They're not going to go up in price. So you just hold them. Just just hold off them for now. Yeah, I mean Croker has been doing really well. I thought that he wasn't going to go very well against the Roosters on the weekend, and he ended up scoring sixty five points. And he's now gone 65, 66, 77, 73 the last month of football. Five-round average of 65, three-round average of 69. So he's been doing exceptional. Yeah, he's doing well, but um, not every one of those games was versus um, the Rabbits. I really don't want to risk him versus a team of that quality with a break-even on that. I'd much rather just skip him and uh, um, play CNK, Nakora. And whatever other two you got there, there's, um, I'd, I'd even prefer to play Allen over in this week at fullback, see what he can do there. So, following on from that question, um, along the same lines, uh, uh, Jared Croker and Gutherson, good centre wing purchases. So, we have people who are needing centre wings. So, whether that's this week or the coming couple of weeks, they're looking at both of those guys. Do you think that they're good centre wing purchases for round 12? Not necessarily this week. Um, and do you think either of them are going to be year-long keepers in the centre wing position? Uh, round 12, absolutely. This week, no. Neither of them. 
if you absolutely need a number, so it means you don't have to play a bump. I prefer um, you get the goal-kicking Raider, who seems to be um, averaging a staple sort of 60-odd at the moment. Croak is the best option. Yep. Um, I quite like them both for the buy. Um, I, I probably see Gutherson a little bit um, riskier than quite Croker, but better upside. So probably Gutherson's got some higher scores in him, but um, Croker's going to be the more steady hand that's going to give you those 60s and 70s, but probably not turn up too much. So, yeah, it seems like a bit of a toss-up. Are you planning on having any of them on the run home as part of your centre wing? Uh, probably oh, hard to say at this point. Um, I know I'm going to get Croker and hold him. Would possibly hold Croker for the run home, but he'll be that fifth, sixth guy that Artie sort of play when he's at home or against the lowly ring team. Won't, won't be playing him against any of the top four or five. Yeah, I, I like them both for round 12. I'm, I'm pretty undecided as to whether I'll leave him in my team. One of the other questions that got thrown up um, with this question too was uh, whether with Gutherson, do you think that the contract discussions... Uh, are going to affect anything. So do you think at the moment, if he's if he's going to end up leaving, do you think his form's going to dip? Or do you think if he stays and signs a big deal, his, his form's going to dip because he's been playing above himself a bit? Oh, I can't see it making a deal. It's quite of a difference, mate. Uh, if, you, if you're a good player, you're a good player. It does, whatever is happening on the side. Like, and, and, and the, only, the only thing I reckon will make a difference to a player's performance, if he's got a serious family issue and it's affecting his mental health, he's more concerned about, you know, uh, family welfare of a brother in hospital or something like that, as opposed, opposed to, you know, focusing on the game, on game strategy. I don't think he's going to be worrying about money while he's out in the field, mate. He's just going to play what's in front of him, and he's a good player. Yep. Yeah, I tend to agree. He's been scoring really well. Um, so follow-on question about the centre wings. Um, we've got a few people now asking, is Dylan Walker an option now? So Dylan Walker um, obviously got off his charges and got found innocent, so he's going to now be available for the weekend's games. He's been in the past a centre wing that's done okay. Um, in 2017, he had a 56-point average. Um, he does look like he's he's potentially going to be taking over the goal-kicking. There were some reports that that might happen this week, so that's a definite watch. He's obviously not played a game this, this year yet, so we can watch him for a couple of weeks before we hit the bye. He's only 313000 Is Dylan Walker potentially a cut-price option for round 12? Yeah, for sure, especially if he's going to kick goals. But um, because he hasn't played, he's not going to rise in prices. You see, you can sit back on him and, and watch him for a couple of rounds and decide if you want to pick him up. Um, match fitness is obviously um, an issue. Um, you don't even know if he's been training with the team uh, for the first uh, couple of months, so no idea how fit he is or what's going to happen there, but um, easy, easy to sit back and watch. Um, even if you did have the coin and you were desperate for a downgrade, um, I wouldn't be doing it this week. I agree for sure. Um, so wait a couple of weeks. It's actually going to work out perfect timing because he's going to get two games in and then you can um, look at him for round 12 with his price not changing at all. So if he goes really well the next couple of weeks, um, you know, it could be a masterstroke because hopefully, fingers crossed, he does have the goal kicking, he scores a try and gets a couple of big scores and then you might have a close to zero or negative BE to purchase him at for round 12 and then that'll do really well to potentially make 100 grand before you get to round 16 and you can even trade him out at 100k profit and that's sort of what I'd be aiming to do. Uh, I'm going to be watching definitely and I'll consider buying him when we get to that buy round. Yeah, mate, agree with you. There's another question on a round 12 prospect that we have not spoken about at all, but some good points were raised with this one, um, and we did have a few people ask about him. Ash Taylor, um, he's not a great super coach option, but 
the reason the questions were being asked were because he does have an 8 BE. He's only 320,000. And the last two weeks, um, he's looked a lot better. And he's gotten 52 and 53 points, respectively. He's coming up to round 10 against the Bulldogs at home. And then away at Manly. And then he's got the Cowboys at home in the round 12 bye. So, obviously, in the halves, Billy, we've spoken about this in our bye planning for round 12. There isn't very many halves options. And, in fact, Mitchell Moses was the only real good one um, for round 12 as a 7. And Adam Reynolds was the backup, and he's now being touted as potentially making the origin team. So, not many there. Are these guys that are looking at Ash Taylor crazy, or is it maybe um, a bit out-of-the-box smart to look at someone like Ash Taylor at 320k with a low BE and a bit of a run coming up? Oh, I wouldn't do it, only because he, um, he's not kicking goals. Uh, unless he's kicking goals, but I wouldn't worry about him. He scored that 53 versus um, Cowboys, when, and that's when um, uh, Tom Alala wasn't there, and he scored that 52 last week versus the Sharks when Peter went down. Um, I'd be taking those two with a, with a grain of salt. I would much prefer um, sit back on and hope that someone like um, Brimson is playing fullback and pick him up to go with uh, Cody Walker. Yeah, I'd just rather just um, bypass the seven spot altogether. Um, I, I said, you know, by planning, I, I've got Cleary. I'm just going to roll with Cleary and just not have a seven. That could be one of my. Um, that can potentially be my AE or one of my vacant spots in round twelve. Don't really care. I just don't think it's a good enough. Um, option to spend the trade and also the cash on. 320k is not cheap. He's still investing a fair bit of cash. Um, and his scores very well could go back to what they were before the last couple of weeks. So we mentioned he's 52 and 53. Prior to that, he had a 13, 33, 16, 35. And that's uh, his four-round average for his first four games of the season, not even hitting 30 points. So he looks like a perennial bum a lot of the time. And even when the Titans go well um, and, and they you know, carved up the North Queensland Cowboys a little bit, even though they lost that game, they still don't get huge scores from Ash Taylor for Supercoach. So, yeah, he's a no for me. He's too much investment. If he was closer to 200k, then maybe, yeah, he'd be an option. But I just don't think it's worth it at the halfback spot. So I would just leave it, um, especially if you've got someone like Cleary, I'd move on. And one little stat I'll throw out there for you, Billy, since you love the stats. Ash Taylor really illustrates why someone like Nathan Cleary is so valuable even when Penrith go bad. Ash Taylor's base is horrendous. So during the games he's played this year, his base is 9, 4, 11, 17, 19, and a massive 21 in base last round, which was his biggest one of the season. He's got an average of 14 base for the year. So against someone like Cleary, who's got the best base out of any halfback, you can really see why. Ash Taylor's got such a low floor and why his value is pretty low as well. Yeah, that floor's horrendous too. It's generally around sort of 20s. He's even got a few like yeah, 8, 8, 8, 23. There's really low scores from last year too. Too, too risky, mate. Um, and even if he does get a decent score, he's not going to string it uh, um, enough together in order to get a price rise. At the very most, he's strung two, two games together over 50 points last year before he's regressed to sub, uh, sub 40s and sub 30s. Um, I think all last year he's had one, two, three, four, five, six, six games scoring under 60, and they were nowhere near close enough. They are two, two of us, Manly, um, Newcastle, Bulldogs, Canberra. Um, yeah, it's just not worth it, mate. Yeah, 100% agree. And, um, let's move on from Ash Taylor because his numbers look horrific. Um, so another question. Um, that we've got with a guy that struggled last week mightily for a number of teams. 
Andrew Fafita went off with a hamstring injury. Um, he only scored 19 points, which was very disappointing. I know it derailed both of us, Billy. He's coming into this round with 140 BE, obviously carrying injury. Um, unfortunately, the Sharks play at the end of this round as well, so it could screw up with some teams if he ends up being pulled out of the side. He's uh, priced at 577k. Fifi's had a, a pretty good season, scoring 63 points a game. It is five points off what he was doing last year, though, um, and he's got a few injury-affected games now. Even before last week, he only played 51 minutes, and his minutes have been up and down every two or three games. The question that we got from someone, um, they were thinking about playing a bit of um, trade-juggling roulette with Fifi's BE, and the question was, would it be worth considering as a strategy trading out someone like Andrew Fafida to get a number for round 12, considering that he might might drop you know 100k in the next two weeks alone, and then rebuying him for round 15 to get him for the round 16 buy. So the idea was that you're going to um, potentially make a couple hundred thousand out of that, especially if you get someone with a negative BE, and you're going to avoid any issues that you might get as you know this week, but also going forward if the hamstring injury is an issue. Uh, if you're head-to-head, no, no way in hell. If you're overall um, and you've got the trades to burn, anything that's worthwhile to pick up sort of um, any, any trade-wise, you see you can pick up sort of 55, 60 points in, in that one week, then you do it um, 55, 60 points. If you're in the top sort of three or 400, it will be really worth it. Yeah, I don't mind it as a bit of an out-of-the-box move, and I admire the thinking. Um, and that's a way that you can make some quick cash as well. Um, it's just about burning the trades, like you said, Billy, so... If you're happy to burn the trades, it's fine. But I guess you're not going to get to round 15 for you know another seven weeks sort of thing. So it's not bad to rent someone else for seven weeks and then get for feeder, you know, maybe as cheap as you know 450k. Yeah, just depends on how fit he is this week. Um, as as, a, as an owner, um, I'm not sure I'm going to play him this week. But I def- even if I don't play him, I won't be selling him. Um, but yeah, it raises that question. If you if you if you're an owner and you're not going to play him this week. Um, means you're not going to play him in round 12. So there's two games you don't have him. So um, that's potentially, as well as you make, you know, sort of a potential bit of coin the coin there too. But it, it is for feet up. Just if you're selling, just be, be prepared that he could quite, he could quite conceivably, conceivably uh, bounce back pretty quickly and negate any, any cash rise. So you, you're just going to be going after points. Yeah, and I've been pretty positive about it as well. Um, and I've actually even considered doing it myself. Um, if a feeder to Jason Tomalolo swap um, looks pretty appealing at the moment for me um, to rebuy for feeder later, it might not be a bad option, but it does have some risks. So looking yeah. at the other side of the coin, mate, he's playing Manly this week. Manly gives up points in their forwards rather than their backs, um, and Fafita could conceivably come back and be healthy and carve Manly up. Um, and prior to this, when he had his last leg injury, he came up against Penrith when he was 50-50 on playing, and he threw up 106 points. Yeah, I don't want to miss out on him this week. So, yeah, it's it's one of those damned if you do, damned damned if you don't um, type scenarios. Um, uh, the only thing with him though is if you trade him, if you trade him now, I think most people probably only have four or five players at the most for the second buy already, and there's really only sort of six quality guys you want. So, you're going to be getting rid of a guy that you're going to be wanting back within sort of three weeks, and you'll be going from having four numbers down to three and trying to go trying to get go from three players sort of 12, 13, 14 in the space in the space of three or four weeks um, between round twelve and 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 the next buy. So 
um, also be prepared for the fact that there are going to be injuries, there are there are going to be surprises in our selections for Origin 3 as well. So if you sell him, you'll be using the trade to get him back in and that, and those trades um, might leave you short as well, might leave you only getting sort of seven or eight people for the next buy. Yeah, like we've said all along, Billy, it's all about the buy planning, isn't it? So you've got to plan ahead to make sure you can get enough numbers if you're going to have to burn a trade getting for feeder back in later on as well. The, the draw that he's actually got, between 13 and 16 is quite good too. So, I mean, conceivably, he comes out of that buy really healthy. He could end up getting a good score against Parramatta. His forwards do leak some points. Canberra's a little bit tougher, but still not a bad matchup. Uh, and then he's got the Bulldogs in round 15 and a depleted Dragons, uh, a depleted Broncos side in round 16. So, you know, he could conceivably make his money back um, or a large degree of it by after round 15 anyway, and then you're a bit stuck. He will, mate. He will. Um, go back and look at, uh, I don't know about the last three or four years, but at least the last two years, I, I can guarantee he hits his straps around sort of round 10, 11, 12 and goes on an absolute tear, either for the middle run or for the rest of the season. Statistically, he just does it. He picks his act up. Either he pulls his finger out this time of year, ready for origin, ready for origin or his fitness level, it just goes up. But yeah, after the first two months, but he really starts firing, so... Um, so I just remembered that stat. So no way in hell am I selling him. And yeah, yes, I will be playing him this week. All right, um, let's move on to the next question. So um, next one is all the people who don't have Cook. I feel really, really bad for them. <laughs> he obviously smashed it on the weekend. He had like something like 86 points at the half. He was just killing it. Uh, and it is, if you don't have Cook now, Billy, what do you do? Do you go get him? Uh, knowing that he's going to be playing Origin, or do you just wait post Origin and just try and dismiss last week's points and just hope that he doesn't score too well the next fortnight? No, I wouldn't be getting him now. You're not going to buy a guy priced well over seven hundred thousand for two weeks and then and then a buy. He'll come back to earth. Um, not not much, um, but you, I wouldn't I wouldn't be banking on it, um, especially versus a team like the Raiders away from home in Canberra where it's freezing, mate. Um, Canberra um, is a death hole for um, a lot of super coach guns. Um, I would just hope that he scores 60, 70 this week. Um, you could even just if you if you don't own him and you really want and you really want a gun, you could even just go to someone like uh, uh, McKinnis or even Smith. Smith has a um, um, Smith isn't playing Origin. He's only going to miss the one game. He's scoring really well at the moment. Kicked 36, point, 36 or 30 odd points in goals last week. Um, and he has a, uh, a lower eighteen this week. Can't remember who it is, but I remember wanting to put the uh, the VC on Munster again this week. So, um, yeah, mate, there are a little bit cheaper options out there. Yeah, Cam Smith's got um, the Tigers this week at home, and then he's got the Bulldogs away before he hits the bye. So he's got a couple of good weeks, and he's only six hundred seventeen k compared to um, Cooks' uh, massive seven hundred thirty two k. So he's a hell of a lot cheaper. Um, and I guess I kind of like that option that you've raised, Billy, because Cam Smith's someone who you're going to want in round 16, provided that the origin rumours of him maybe coming back aren't going to come to fruition. But you're going to have you're going to want him later anyway. And I think that the top two here, Cookers, everyone agrees, are going to be Smith uh, and also Cook. So you may as well get Smith in now instead if you're really short at hooker. Um, having said that, if you've already got Smith, Billy, and you're looking at Cook because you know you saw his points last week and you really want him in your side. I just hold tight with Smith. Surely that that'd be fine for now, and then you can you can look at Cook during that Origin period, and maybe Wayne even rest him a little bit here and there during that time. 
yeah, if you've already got Smith, I'd be going McInnes as the next one for the um the the next the next few rounds, and then bring bring Cook up the rear for the um round eighteen onwards. Yep, and if you're worried about round twelve, guys, just just use Hooker as a as an AE spot. Just don't worry about it. There's not enough good quality there for you to bother. It's similar to seven. Um, the the nine and seven spots in your starting thirteen, you can easily just cop an AE for one and just have fifteen players, and you're all good to go. So. Yeah, I just think Cook's a bit too far. I tend to agree with Billy. Um, he's potentially going to get close to 800k after this week if he has a big one. So it's a lot of coin to play to pay. But um, yeah, the the saying is always Billy don't chase last week's points. He's got two tons in a row. I doubt very much he gets a third ton in a row. Um, actually, he scored a 102 versus Cameron last year. <laughs> <In> <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> And he scored a uh, 64 versus Canberra in round 24. But the more interesting stat here is that um, from round five last year, all the way through to round 21, 10 scores over 80. And through the actually through the origin period between rounds 11 and 20, three he scored three tons and two 80s and a 90 just prior to that. Um, yeah, maybe it might be a good idea to buy him. <laughs> <laughs> You're changing your tune now. I didn't realise it was that good, mate. Um, he, he did have the warrior, uh, cows in there, the Warriors, the Eels, the Bulldogs, the Tigers, the Eels again in Newcastle, so it was a pretty soft draw um, towards the end of the year when he had um, Storm, Roosters, Broncos. It really came back to earth again. Um, uh, but, yeah, mate, it was only a couple of games. What's his break-even this week? Is it, is it break a, even is it negative or is it just low? It's four, so he's he's going to go up in price again after this week a fair bit if he has a good game. Even if he doesn't, he's still going up. If you're in the top, if you're in the sort of top um, four or five hundred and you need to maintain with leaders, um, yeah, it might be a good idea just to get him just to, just so you don't miss any of these runs and you have a safe captaincy option. Um, if you don't, it might might be a pod move just to hold off just for now. Although. He is, the numbers say he is red hot and he's going to stay in that form. So you want to make sure you offset him with someone pretty good. Even, 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 even if it's not, not another hooker and you're going and, you, and you're absolutely using that number to bolster your, your round 12 number, you want to make sure it's someone like Tormalala or someone really, really ready to um, get a good sort of 70 odd each week. Yeah, it's a really tough call. Um, head-to-head, it might be easier just to get him in if you don't care about the buys. It doesn't really make a difference. You can probably just pay for it and just get him in now. If you're trying to plan for round 12, though, I think it's going to be pretty hard to try and get a non-round 12 guy in in these next couple of weeks leading into that, that round. So, yeah. All I'm going to say here is I was right at the beginning of the year. I told you to start with him, but you didn't listen, so haha. No, I just I got him at an $85,000 discount instead, so... That's fine. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I said at the um I said in the preseason that um it wasn't because I didn't want to own him, it was just his price and I was gonna hope that the first month of forty he didn't he didn't absolutely kill it. And um he did do well. He got a ninety six in round two, but in round one he was fifty five and round three he's fifty four, so it wasn't too bad. So I ended up getting him in for I think I got him in for that ton of hundred and fifteen points, so that was a a master stroke, um, and it was, I don't know, 60, 70k or something um, price difference. So I got a bit of a discount on it. Uh, yeah, 75k discount. Yeah, so there you go. I got a 75k discount. I got his first ton of the season, and um, 
whilst I've owned Cook just quietly, what, I've got three tons out of the five games I've owned him. I tell you what, you, you asked you prick, you picked that well. He was averaging sixty eight right up to a bend, and his bang took off back to seventy seven. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the it's one of the good moves I made, but I can't take much credit. I think it was more us than class, but you know, got to take it. Um, so good luck with the cook decisions, guys. It's not an easy one. It's not a straight answer. Depends on a few things. Just um, roll the dice and see how you go. But he's going to be a must own. And if you don't own him, it's going to be really, really heart wrenching watching any South game whilst you don't have him in your team. So let's move on. Um, next question we've got is very much around last week's cheapy option that not a huge amount of people jumped on, Hudson Young. So I spoke about him last week as being one that I really liked, Billy, but he um, wasn't even in the top 10 traded in players and there was some other cheapies that were getting taken in front of him. I wanted to get him, but with the trades that I made, I ended up having to trade a center wing out and I didn't have any jewels, so I had to get Herbert in which was really annoying because I preferred Hudson Young. It's even more annoying when I, my initial thoughts were right and, you know, Herbert scores 20-something and Hudson Young gets 80 minutes on the edge as a starter and scores 55 points with 51 in base and looks really good. He's shot up to 248,000 now, uh, but all these people um, crying out, is it too late for Hudson Young? Can I jump on him? He's a minus 30 BE, Billy. Um, he's named to start and looks like he's going to be starting for at least the next month of football, including round 12, unless he performs terribly. Minus 30 BE, 248K, playing round 12. He still looks like he's a reasonable buy to me. Um, I'd be buying him at 400K with that sort of break even for round 12, mate. It's just a simple investment. He's not going to cost you too much. Easy buy, easy dump. Like I said before, didn't want to get him to uh, first week. Just wanted to see the minutes just to make sure he was getting 80. But yeah, getting 80, punching an exact... I had a look at the numbers earlier this afternoon, and he's throwing up, throwing up exactly identical numbers to CHM. Um, 30 tackles, a few hit-ups, one or two offloads, um, punched at 55, doing nothing against one of the toughest teams in the comps. So, um, yeah, uh, this this week back at home, uh, hopefully he goes over the, over, over the line. Um, even if he doesn't, he's still going to increase in value, punching another 55, so easy by. they got two weeks at GIO Stadium in Canberra coming up too, so... I think he's a pretty easy buy too. I agree with you, Billy. And um, I actually quite like him as a player. I think he's good. Um, so that's going to be a nice little number for round 12. And one of the best things, like if you compare this with Ash Taylor, like Ash Taylor as a buy, I think that you want to be getting um, either your guns in for round 12 or get someone with value, with low value as far as their cost to get in. So 248K is pretty low, but with a good break even that's going to time really well for you to get the points in round 12 and make 100 to 150K, and in Hudson Young's case, it might even be 200K, for you to then trade round sort of 14 or 15 to get that 16 number. And you're going to almost be able to trade him to a semi-gun at maybe sort of 400 plus K um, plus some banks. So those are exactly the sort of guys that I'd want to target if I'm not getting an out-and-out gun for round 12. Yeah, someone asked last week and the week before um, what what's a good good uh, buy strategy, and this is a classic example. Um, instead of going and buying a 164k um, winger that you're not going to touch and could potentially score you know 15 or 150 uh, for that one round, you just pay you know two or three times the price for a guy that's got a massive uh, neg- negative break even. is going to increase 100k in value between now and then, score you a staple 50, 60 points, and then. 
uh, at the absolute worst. So you get the guaranteed points and then you're, and you're straight swapping to someone else as opposed to buy. Just because someone isn't base price doesn't mean they're not a bargain. Yeah, and we've also spoken about the quality over quantity as well, Billy, and you're much better off uh, having quality guys and maybe one less number than having a couple of wingers that are never going to be seen again and be an NPR and, and go for that strategy when they might only give you 10 points or something. It's just not worth it, and you're not getting a yeah. lot out of it. Yeah, exactly. Like a guy like Alan, uh, there are plenty of people that were actually selling him the last couple of weeks because they wanted to, he was only punching from low scores, and there's no guarantee he's going to score a try around 12. So lots of sort of getting rid of him just to uh, use his coin to upgrade to someone like, you know, I don't know, Tom Alalo, who is um, like obviously going to be there and score more points. When circumstances change, when he goes from wing to fullback like he is this week, you need to reevaluate things like that and go, all right, so his base is surely going to triple now with, you know, um, he'll still have zero tackles, but he should have you know, 20, 25 points and hit-ups, the tackle bus should come and hopefully gets uh, uh, gets a try between now and then. So you've got to look at sort of price versus tackle busting and hit-up potential and their acceleration rate based on um, on where they're playing and who they're playing. Yep, so Hudson Young, good buy still. Um, missed out on an extra 48k that you could have had if you got him last week, but you're still going to make 100k plus and he's going to play round 12, so no worries at all getting him in. Uh, next question's around the buys as well. Around your guns and keepers that you have. So um, a couple of people asked this question, um, which guns or keepers do you sell and which ones do you keep during the buy period? So when you have people like Teddy, um, Munster, Cleary, etc., Billy, when you're looking at your side, how do you determine you know, who you're holding and who you're going to sacrifice out of your gun keepers and guys that you want later on? A few, a few variables. Uh, number one, um, have a look at who you have uh, as a backup in that position. So, for example, if you've only got um, you know, what one, one key fullback, Tedesco, and a bum in reserve, like if, if Teddy goes down in origin or for some reason decides to get rested, who are you going to be forced to play in the round after? Do you have a decent backup that decides whether you're going to trade that person? Um, someone, a uh, classic example, like a, do you trade Cook? Um, yes or no. Do you trade Cleary? Yes or no. Um, why? Because the the available person that's ne- next to kid or the, potentially the next best player in that position, are they going to score anywhere near that person for the next two or three rounds? No. So guys like Cleary and Cook, you, you probably don't... Um, yeah, less likely to trade. Um, but then you go and have a look at, all right, so um, a draw. Uh, does someone have a t- an easy draw coming up? If Munster has an easy draw, then okay, you might want to hold him because he's unlikely to be injured and he's going to be a key playmaker when lots of forwards are tired. Halves, halves and fullbacks and hookers are generally good to keep because they're key playmakers and um, they're, they're, going to, they're going to tear away guys that are, who are depleted from... Um, Origin, and then there's a couple of other small variables as well. Variables as well that you look at, like you know, the example you gave before, you know, Fafita. He's, 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 he's under an injury cloud, massive, um, massive break even. He's going to be um, out for a week, so you could look at guys like that as well. So um, combine all that together, then cull a couple, but keep a couple going. Make sure you have a solid set of in between. Yeah, and I think that that last bit's the big key for me that I look at. Um, I pretty much, I want to make sure that I'm still competitive in between the buyers during origin because that's really, really important and that's just as important, sometimes more important than the buyers because sometimes it's easy to plan for something like round 12 but then you're stuffed for round 13. So I always make sure that I'm I'm keeping my strongest players and yeah, it's... There is a lot of variables, like Billy said, but you can also keep it really simple, guys, and just say, you know, 
who are the best players? You know, Teddy and Cook are two of the highest scoring players in the game. So just keep them so you can play them during that origin period. Um, some of those other guys that aren't scoring as well. Um, so, you know, Latrell Mitchell's been doing really well lately. But scoring-wise, he's, you know, a reasonable man off the pace from guys like Teddy and, um, and Cook. Um, so maybe he's someone that's easier to sacrifice. You can just look at the numbers and it makes it a hell of a lot easier. Um, but something that you kind of alluded to, Billy, but didn't go straight at um, with some of them was um, the BE. Um, you mentioned the Fafida example. I, I look at that as well. So if I can't decide between, you know, two guys that I think are both good, but I have to cut someone, um, if one of them's, um, you know, already priced um, with a um, really high BE and they're going to drop in a lot of coin the next few weeks and probably going to be a cheap purchase later on, um, then maybe that's the guy that I choose to get rid of because I'm going to make money out of that trade um, by doing that and I'll get him at a discount later on. So that's something that I'm very big on as well. But I think that you, you'd agree with me, Billy, that you've always got to keep as many guns as you possibly can um, that are playing Origin while still being able to throw up um, whatever number you've decided is your goal for round 12. So if you want to throw up you know, 15 players for round 12, keep as many of those Origin guns as you can and then work your way from there. Yeah, because you want to only have one round 12. You don't want to have round 12 um, four weeks in a row because you've sold all your Origin guns. Yep, exactly. So it's going to be different for everybody. Like some people might only want thirteen for round twelve, so it's a bit easier. But you know, you, basically, the the simple answer is keep as many as you can. Use all the variables that Billy said, um, and just work your way down from who the best players are. You know, and definitely keep your best yeah, players. Yeah, just remember, not you're not always going to score fourteen, fifteen hundred in a round. Like you go back what three or four rounds, everyone had an absolute barrier. Scores of eleven hundred and eleven fifty. That was with absolute guns. I mean, that happened last. Uh, not so much last year, but, but the year before. I had four seventeen for four seventeen for round twelve. Super, super pumped, and then all of a sudden, um, a couple a couple of injuries just just before the match. Someone made origin. All of a sudden, my full seventeen became I think fourteen or fifteen. And then of the three or four pots that I actually got, one went injured. Um, in, in the game, one one scored nothing. My 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 full origin strategy team ended up scoring you know, 300 points less than head to head teams who only had sort of seven players. So just because you've got a full strength team doesn't mean you're going to kill it. And then you've got to remember you've got to back up because those head to head teams they're still going to be full strength round 13. Yeah, exactly right, mate. The other thing that I look at as well, aside from all that, and you've raised most of the points that people need to take into account. Where the best players for the buys actually fall as well. So, for example, you know, if the guys that are playing in the first buy, the best players are forward heavy, then I think that you sacrifice more of your forwards um, because you can obviously get just as good a quality um, going to your buy players. So, someone like Tal Malolo, for example, is going to be as good or better than any origin forward that you have. So, if you have Angus Crichton, for example, I would 100%. Um, go Angus Crichton to Jason Tomalolo. Um, whereas when you look at something like Hooker, um, there's there's really no way that you can go for, you know, from Cook to Reed Marnie at Parramatta. It's just such a big downgrade. Um, but um, And there's just not that many players in that position. So yeah, it also depends on sort of how the buyers fall. 
you don't even have to go to good players, mate. Um, you look at work rate. Someone, someone like uh, Aiden Tolman, he steps up every year at Origin significantly because he just gets in the fight of minutes. And although he doesn't score, he, tries, he all of a sudden goes from uh, 55, 60 minutes to 65, 70 minutes and ends up scoring 70 to 75 as being that plotter on the puck. And if you watch his rounds, um, 13 or 14, he goes back to 40 or 50 minutes because the coach just sort of gives him a rest. But you're not going to play him those weeks. You're only wanting for those big rounds. So, And just just the other thing to think about is just look at turnaround times too. So if you uh, guys like Marty Tapao, he's going to increase minutes significantly on, on that buy round to cover for Gerbo. Um, but on the flip side, if if Manly are actually playing you know, the game after Origin on, on a Friday or, or a Saturday, just, just remember that for guys like Jervo, they're only going to have uh, a three-night sort of turnaround. So um, think carefully about who you trade because the, the rest rotation is really going to be required for guys that are going to be busting their nut on a Wednesday night. Good stuff, Billy. So the next one uh, is about a youngster by the name of Ryan Pappenhusen. So we'll call him Pappy. So Pappy at the Melbourne Storm um, has a minus 78 BE and he's 258K and he's been named to start this week at fullback with the Storm having some injuries and people are absolutely frothing over the prospect of getting him in. He scored 119 points on the weekend against the Eels, which is massive, but this kid did it in 31 minutes and the week before he did 51 points in 12 minutes. So he's got a minus 78 BE. He's basically going to make you know 100 grand this week. <laughs> so it's a, it's a very quick 100 grand, and you can make you know 150 grand the next two weeks very comfortably, even if he ends up with a low score next week. Um, is he a good option for guys to trade in, considering that he's not going to play around 12? Uh, he is 258k, uh, and he is fullback only, which is really really annoying. I'll get him a money ball. <laughs> <laughs> What's his job security like? I mean, who's how long are you there for? Money's money's good, but I think points are more important at this point in time. So unless he's going to be playing around the next buy round, not really sure I want to get a guy like that in, get a guy like that in and hold him, especially because he's only available at um, fullback. And so you're going to be taking one of those um, those wicked spots for you know the guns that you really want to get, like your. Know, the RTS, Teddy, Ponga, Walker type ship. It's a, it's a pretty expensive spot. Yeah, it is. If you were centre wing as well, it would be so much easier. But um, look, I don't, I'm on the fence on this one. I think that it depends on what sort of luxuries you have with the trades that you're doing. If you're already set for the buy or you're a head-to-head player that you don't care about the buys or you just decide that you're not going to buy a plan, well, I actually think he's a really good buy. Um, because he's going to make he's going to make that money really quickly, mate. He's going to give you 150k maybe in two weeks. Um, and even if you are buy planning, if you can afford to do it and still have the numbers for round 12, you know you could trade him out in round 13 or 14. You know and just get an RTS for round 16 and pay a large chunk of that price for RTS just with Papenhuizen. Wouldn't be the worst VC option this week either. <laughs> First game of the week. I love how I can turn you around with some numbers, mate. You know you you go from no, nah, I don't think I'll buy him. To oh, geez, I think I'm going to VC him. <laughs> well, I I did I didn't know that he played 31 minutes, mate. <laughs> I didn't I didn't watch the game. I'm just looking at that number now. I go, oh shit. Um, <laughs> Maybe the Eels just weren't any good on the weekend, but he has looked like a bit of a player. Um, to answer your question, you asked a little bit earlier. He's not going to make it in round 16, 
Um, Jerome Hughes is out. They've got the buy in round 12. He's, he's going to get the next two weeks, though. So you need to look at it as a two-week proposition and maybe hold him for 13 if yeah. he's still got a low BE. Yeah, but is um, Jerome Hughes set in stone at fullback? If this kid's punching these numbers, I'm sure he looks awesome in real life, too. Yeah, he's a really good player. Um, and Billy Slater's talked about him and said not to sleep on him. Um, and Bellamy has as well and some of the other guys at the Storm. So probably wouldn't be, you know, out of the realm of possibility that maybe if Croft's form doesn't pick up, um, you know, Croft could get dropped and Jerome Hughes could go to fullback, where he, uh, sorry, to halfback where he's played before. And Papa yeah. Hughes and could, could end up keeping that one spot. But I think that that's a, a glass very, very full um, approach to it. It's, it's unlikely, but it, it could happen. Um, but if it doesn't happen, well, I think that the worst case scenario is that you're going to make 150 grand in the next couple of weeks and potentially another bit of cash in round 13. Well, Supercoach is all that risk, mate. And if you're going to buy the bloke, um, I would be playing him this week. Yeah, you've got the Tigers and then the Bulldogs, so it couldn't have come at a better timing. Um, so I, I don't mind it at all, mate. I, th- I think he's a decent buy, but don't do it. Um, at the expense of getting another fullback that you wanted in or at the expense of, you know, your round 12 buy planning. You know, it, it's certain teams can have the luxury, perhaps. I'm just going to do a price change calculator because I'm interested in how much coin this kid can actually make. So what do you reckon he's going to score? A predicted score, let's say... Look, I think that you can conservatively what? say 55 the next two weeks. 55? Submit. Projected profit this week. Um, ninety-three thousand, seventy-three thousand. <laughs> then he then he stops. Yeah. So there's your hundred sixty grams. Sort of, yeah. So just need. You know, he'll, if he scores fifty-five this week, he'll have a break even at minus forty-nine again next week, and you pretty much have a hundred k. Yeah, it seems like an easy trade to make. Um, if you got the luxury of doing it, he's gonna make he's gonna make fifty fifty k with a zero. So another final question, Billy. Um, as far as the makeup of your team. Um, it was asked, at what point do you start making trades for your final team? Um, so I'll, I'll start off with this one. I, I pretty much, I'm always making trades for my final team all the way through the season. If I'm seeing guys at a value, um, then I'm, I'm picking them up when I can. You know, I mentioned that I, I waited, um, you know, five rounds before I, I looked at trying to get Cook in. Um, and that was a trade for my final team. I'm not leaving, Cook's not leaving my team. Uh, that was part of my final team. Round 12... Um, I'm looking at the keepers that can be part of my final team and they're my priorities. So Jason Tomalolo is definitely coming in because he plays round 12, so I need him for that, but he's part of my final team. Um, so that's an easy one as well. Um, I looked at CHN as potentially a reserve centre wing for me as part of my final team, which is why I targeted him a few weeks back when he was really cheap. So I'm always looking at my final team purchases and I'll still look at them even leading up to the buys if I can find value. Um, but I guess probably, Billy, the, the more of the question is, like, when do you really need to settle on your final team? And I th- kind of think that that round 17 and 18 trading rounds are probably the most crucial to get your final team, particularly going into the head-to-head finals a little bit later than that in the last seven rounds of the season for overall players, I guess. Yeah, the sooner the better is the, is the correct answer there. But um, as long as you can get through the, um, the buys or your head-to-head rounds between now and then, that's the answer. Yep. And probably another good point with this one, Billy, as well, um, which I've chatted to people about when we've been chatting online and stuff, and I think I've mentioned it before on this podcast. You've also got to not fall in love with continuing to get rookies because you can't get to your final team if you do that. Um, So, like, 
Um, I've, I've mentioned to a few people, I'm not getting Dearden in for the Broncos. Um, I don't, it's not because I don't think he's going to be a decent cheapie. He's a fine downgrade or whatever else that you need. But, you know, we're in round 10 of a 25-round season. Um, you know, you, you have to stop buying cheapies at some point and prioritising points and prioritising getting your keepers in for the end-of-season run. Because otherwise, you could buy cheapies until round 20 if you wanted to. They're going to keep coming up. But you can't keep doing that if you're going to get to your final team. So I think at this point, you've really got to let um, some of the cheapies go. Um, you know, I won't be getting Pappenhues, and I actually let Zeri go so I could get some points because I had all these other cows I had to cash in, so I didn't think I needed him. I'm not getting Dearden. Um, so that's probably another way to look at it as well. You know, stop getting as many cheapies in as you were the first couple months of the season. Only get the really, really good ones and, and target them really well so you're not doing too many of them. Sorry, I'm just putting Zeri as my captain. <laughs> hey, he hasn't gone that well. I, I think that I've gone all right with that call. He hasn't gone ballistic. He still hasn't got a ton. Well now, Tiger. All right, so let's move on to the uh, team list and the review from Market Watch and also some of the stats from last week. So the first game in the round is the Storm versus Tigers on Thursday. This one's over at Amy Park. Um, Curtis Scott's out for up to 12 weeks. He's only just come back into the side, so it's pretty unfortunate for him. Um, he's replaced by uh, Steve, who's not um, particularly relevant. Jerome Hughes uh, had concussion, and that's why he's not playing with the tight turnaround, uh, which obviously sees Pappen using um, to play fullback. So uh, for the Tigers side of things, we've got Josh Alloway uh, returning on the bench, um, who couldn't pass his concussion test last week with their only change. Obviously, though, Billy, it's all about Papanusen, who we've just talked about quite a bit. Um, there is a chance that Jerome Hughes will come back next week, but that's still going to give him enough uh, risers to be able to have a look at him in. Having a look at Market Watch, though, mate, you know, the, the traded outs for this game, um, the only one that's relevant is Luke Garner, and I think that he's a definite trade out that we don't even need to be discussing. Um, but the traded ins. We spoke about Papenhuizen as being um, a popular question for us, and he's number three on the most traded in list um, at the moment. 4.5% of coaches have already traded him in, and that's probably going to go up. Um, so he's probably the big talking point for this one. But Cameron Munster's um, also in the top 10 with almost 3% of coaches trading in Cameron Munster at the moment. So um, interesting moves for the Storm on Market Watch. They're... Um, the matchup against the Tigers this week probably means that it's a it's a premium time to be getting guys like Munster in and, and even a spot play on Papenhuizen. Look, if Papenhuizen's going to be there for more than a couple of games, then yeah, if, he's, if there's any if he's, if he's only got one game guaranteed, that puts a lot more risk there. I wouldn't be, I would, honestly, wouldn't be touching him. If, not, not one game's too much of a risk, even for that coin. Um, Munster for head-to-head guys, you have to be getting him in for those uh, potential scores for that run, even though he doesn't cover 12. And the same as Cam Smith. Um, we had this question, I'm not sure, if, not last week, the week, the week before, are there any alternatives to Cook? And he was the option thrown up because of this particular run. And he scored a ton last week, so he, he, he still stands uh, as a great option. So those are the three from, um, um, from the Storm I would talk about. Um, Tigers, I wouldn't really worry about any of them, um, not at least until sort of around 13. Um, and even then, it would pretty much only be Masters. Um, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned with um, Masters and Madison. I'm starting to get a little bit concerned with um, Little B on the bench for Farrah now. So um, I'll, I'll be leaning towards Ken Smith and McKinnis for, around, uh, for, the, set for the second boy. Yeah, Madison's actually the 10th most trading guy at the moment. A few people are getting him in for the Tigers. Um, he scored 111 points last round. 
and he did that without even scoring um, a try. He just um, he had the line break and some try assists there. He's only 571k, and he's got a 17BE, um, which I guess is why teams are getting him in now. He has been a really good option. He's scoring 69 points a game now, so he's a premium second-row forward. If you can afford to get him in, I understand why, um, because he has been playing exceptionally well. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, for this game, Billy, who are the um, VC and C options for you? Uh, Munster by length of straight for the, for the VC. I wouldn't chuck a C on him for two reasons. Number one, he's a non-goal-kicking C. You know he can punch a 40 every now and then. And it's the first game around. Tigers are one of those teams that can hold the teams in the all for four weeks and then get absolutely punished. So even though this is Melbourne, mate, I would be just be seeing a monster. He's the only one. Yeah, I've I've actually, while you were saying that, I've already got the VC on uh, Munster for my team already. So I'm all, all for the VC on Munster. Um, I wouldn't see him straight up. But these are two teams who absolutely destroyed their opposition last week. The um, the first 19-minute blitzkrieg of that Penrith-Tigers game was just amazing. The Tigers just were piling on points. They were marching up the field every time they were getting the ball back and then just scoring at will. Um, so they were very, very good. The Storm, likewise, absolutely towed up your boys, mate. They put on a cricket score. That wasn't the Storm, but they're not going to do that to them. Um, and as for the Eels, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I, I got nothing, mate. Well, I uh, I actually think that the Tigers will come back to earth this week. I think that the Storm will do do well against them. I think the Tigers will be competitive, though. I think it'll be a, a really good match, actually. But um, I'm I'm keen for Munster VC. I think that he could end up getting a a decent score again. And he seems to go on these runs, Billy, where um, when he's feeling it, when he's putting it together. Yeah, he seems to be able to do it for three or four weeks, and it is coming up to State of Origin where he's been touted as the next captain. Maybe that's motivating him a little bit, but, um, yep, love it for this one. Have you got a score prediction for me? Storm, 36, Tigers, yeah, I'll give them 10. 36 to 10, wow, that's a smashing. <laughs> All right, we'll see how that one plays out. Um, next game of the round is the Panthers versus Warriors. So, for the Panthers, geez, mass changes. Um, so Aikens, who I bought a couple of weeks ago, and I still will maintain has looked really good at fullback, and I thought that he's one of the few that are putting in an effort and trying hard, has been dropped. Um, Dylan Edwards is coming back. He was being rumoured as going to the Cowboys in the next two weeks, so interesting. Brian Tuo, and I might have pronounced that one wrong because it is his debut, has been named on the wing. Josh Mansour has been dropped, so um, big, big news there, along with Regan Campbell-Gillard. So Campbell Gillard and Mansour are two veterans, former representative players that are out of there uh, for this week. Wade Egan's got an actual injury, so he didn't actually get dropped. And Liam Martin's returning from suspension, going at lock. Wanga Blake's also returning from a team-imposed suspension with Fuimano going back to the bench to let him in. On the Warriors' side of things, there's actually no changes to the 17. Um, but there is a couple of players in doubt, with Roach in doubt and Isaac Luke named as a bit of a cover. If he is injured, he will come in. So, mate, Caleb Aikens is dropped. Honestly, am I crazy? Like I've said to a few Penrith fans, like I thought that he's better than every other back that Penrith had on the last couple of weeks in the effort level, and yet he's the guy who gets dropped in that back line. Yeah, 100%, mate. I reckon Cleary's been having a word to Mary over the weekend about strategy or tactics <laughs> or something. I have no idea what's going on there. 
but yeah, that's disappointing. I was I was um, really looking forward to playing Aitkins this week. Not to uh, any of our, so um, Cleary would be uh, the the uh, solid BCO choice here, mate. Um, we talked about um, stats last week, uh, sorry, attacking stats last week, and the the two biggest attacking stats were right side versus the Dogs and, and halves versus the Warriors. So um, yeah, three halves have put tons on the Warriors this year. So if I'm going to back anyone to do it, mate, it'll be Cleary. Yeah, Cleary's another really good VC option, 100% agree, and um, ended up getting 60s last week in a side that got absolutely demolished and didn't even have the ball the first half, so speaks to how good Cleary is as an option. Market watch-wise, um, there's a few worries being traded out, but they make complete sense. Guys like Lachlan Burren and CHT is the number one traded out. They should be well and truly gone. Um, the traded in wise though, only guy that really features out of this game is Roger Tuivasa Shek. With people still bringing him in at 640k, that seems like a very premium trade to be making. Um, but Roger has been going well. Do you think the Penrith bounce back, mate? I mean, the the Warriors had a pretty poor first half against the Dragons, and then just blew them off the park the second half. But that's probably more about the Dragons than what it is the Warriors playing in Penrith with all the pressure. All these changes being made and the threat of guys being dropped. I have to think that Penrith are going to fire. Yeah, we said this last week. The Warriors have a lot of um, support um, in Queensland on the Gold Coast, so they uh, they beat the Broncos up there last uh, up there last year. Um, but yeah, I think um, down in Sydney at um, at the foot of the mountains is a different story, mate. Even though Penrith are absolutely abysmal at the moment, not putting uh, much of a performance in. It is a sort of a new sort of a team. A lot of guys will be uh, putting their hand up to try and submit the name of the team. And I just think, uh, you know, Cleary being Cleary will sort of come back and sort of clear the cobwebs out. Yeah, you know, I, I think he's a really good option. Um, I've got a tough choice to make. I even considered putting the C on him, but I thought a bit better of it after watching that performance from them last week. I'm a little bit worried. Probably the only other thing I'll mention on this one, Billy, is guys that are owning Aikens at the moment, also even owning Herbert, who scored really poorly last week, not to panic, um, Aikens has a surely Aikens has you know a couple of weeks to be able to get himself back in this side, and that that could very well happen through injury, but could also happen just from um, Cleary wielding the axe again. So I'd I'd be trying to hold him and not just wasting a trade to get rid of him. Yeah, I mean Edwards 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 was only gone uh, what three weeks ago or something or other. Um, he's back. Um, you've got to take into account that you know Maloney and Cleary are the are the incumbents. Um, so there's two two positions they're going to have to have to be filled. You don't know where they're going to be filled from. He only needs one spot to one spot to get back in the team. And like you said, it's not like he hasn't really sort of been performing. I'm surprised he was dropped. Yeah, so I reckon that the, there'll be a few tries in this one. I'm going to go with a, a 28 to 20 scoreline. Penrith Panthers win. Yeah, I reckon this thing will be closer than than usual. Um, both teams will put on a few. Yeah, same mate. Yeah, 28, 24 type thing. And Roger on the Warriors side um, does look like a, a bit of a juicy option. We've spoken about how well he's been going all year. He's another guy in this one that you could throw the VC on potentially or maybe even just uh, throw the C on because he doesn't turn up too much, but he has been pretty consistent in the high scores, so he could even be a captaincy option against Penrith considering how bad they were defensively last week. Um, I was just about to say that in regards to VC, he doesn't go big enough to put the VC on um, and for that reason I wouldn't put the C on him I'd, I'd rather go someone a bit more consistent like Hooker you know is going to give you sort of the same sort of uh, points just kind of um, being being on being on the park um, with a little bit sort of less, less risk so um, I wouldn't VC him or see him um, 
yes, I, I wouldn't do either on either on, on two glasses check. I wouldn't even be buying just yet. Yep, fair call. So next game we've got the Broncos versus the Roosters. Um, so for the Broncos, James Roberts remains out, um, and Jack Bird unfortunately did his ACL on the weekend. So very unfortunate for Bird. Hopefully he gets back bigger and stronger next year. Uh, so Shibazaki moves from the wing to centre, and Asako gets his spot back. Um, and Seguiara has been named in the reserves. He might come onto the bench since it's a four-forward bench still. Maybe he comes in for Patrick Carrigan or something and gets some time um, and might become an option down the track for the for the next buy. For the Roosters, um, Boyd Cordner's um, replaced by Orbison because he got concussion last week and it's a short turnaround. He's not actually going to make it through. Um, Lindsay Collins comes onto the bench. The good news is that um, Latrell Mitchell had a, has a bit of a scare with a groin injury and miraculously ended up back on the field. Daniel Tupo um, is set to play as well. So that's really good news for Latrell Mitchell owners in particular, Billy. Mitchell was so hot and cold, but um, if you were an owner, would you, would you play him this week? Oh, I'd play him 100%. Right, the, the Broncos have certainly been leaking some points. You know, they played a pretty, let's say, makeshift manly side week and still only just got away with a win. Um, you know, I I think the Roosters are specials this week, and I'm not just saying that as a Roosters fan. I I really think the Roosters will do well. You know, look at the centers that um, look at the centers that um, Mitchell's going to be up against, or the outside backs rather. You know, they don't have much experience. Yeah, fair enough. Um, he does have a 14 be as well. So these next couple of weeks, um, you, it's probably an opportune time to play him and then probably trade him out as one of the guys that maybe you don't keep through the Origin period. No, I'd rather just wait a couple of weeks. Um, just, just letting him get through the first Origin game, then straight swap him um, by one of the guys that I just want to get rid of. Yep. Um, bit of a sneaky one. You asked me how well he would go. I'd consider even putting the VC on in this game, but um, there's also Teddy, obviously, in the Rooster side that you could look at a C or a VC on as well. Yeah, mate. Teddy's an option pretty much versus anyone, um, uh, anyone on his day. Um, the only other thing I'll add here is um, those Milford owners. Um, yeah, he's had a couple, a good couple of weeks, but I'd, I'd, I'd put him back on the bench again. Put the, put the gun away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's going to carve up your boys here. I think uh, Payne Haas is one that you, you just got to keep chucking in your team. Just an absolute beast, that bloke. What about Dearden, mate? Uh, a lot of people... Dearden's played his two games, and a lot of people are, are looking at a downgrade from CHT to Dearden. Um, and I've mentioned uh-huh. to a couple of people that I'm not buying Dearden at all. He's scored 39 and 33 the last two weeks. I just see him as someone that you don't even need to get in your team at the moment. No, nah, I would never bother. I'd much rather just hold on to... Um, uh, what's his name? CHT, and just use him as a, as a nuff loop for now, and then wait, wait until sort of around... Um, so the, the second buy around and either buy SJ um, again if he comes back healthy or just um, downgrade to whoever I need around, around him but he's not hurting any, anyone right now yeah and if you've got Dylan Brown and CHT in your halves as well you can also be targeting um, a, a swap over with with a lot of cash to um, Cody Walker for round 12 um, and use yeah. you know Brown's dual yeah the one I do want to talk about here is um is um, Crichton been a bit of a fall from grace? I, if I earned him, I'd actually be selling him now. I don't think I would hold on to him any longer, even though he's starting and um, uh, Orbo was on the other side. I'd probably just get rid of him. Um, the only thing I can say about Crichton is that yeah, Bronco is still uh, um, leaking tries to edge. 
to edge back rowers, mate. So the only thing I can say about Crichton is maybe chuck 10 bucks on him for any time try scorer again. But other than that, I don't think I'll be playing him. Yeah, it's a really tough one because like I, I, I've said to a couple of people, I'd really want to be playing Crichton this week because um, the Broncos' edge defence is, is pretty poor um, and they can give up a fair few points and they certainly haven't been in red-hot form at all. Um, you know, the Roosters against a, a, a rookie halfback and a rookie hooker, um, you know, they've, they've got a decent shot at putting on a lot of points. But in saying that, Crichton's got a 99 BE, mate, so you are going to drop some cash if he doesn't have a massive game um, and he hasn't been playing that well. I'd definitely be selling him for the buys. I kind of think I'd, I'd want to play him this week against the Broncos just in case. Some teams just seem to leak points against um, one particular one particular position. I've got no idea why, but uh, Eels, are, Eels, for some reason, are notorious for allowing tries in from the, eight, from the opposing eight and ten. Um, Broncos love leaking tries to the um, um, opposing right edge. Um, and, and this is with um, them completely changing around their, um, uh, their their pack as well. So it's not even against the um, uh, the, the same opposing forward mate. So, yeah, not sure what's doing there, but just the stats don't mind, mate. Just keep keep attacking the, the, um, the places that keep leaking. Yeah. Thomas Dearden, just to mention, is um, the second most traded player as well. So... Uh, I'm not a big fan of it. We already mentioned that. But if guys want to do it, it is a downgrade option to free up cash, I guess. Um, on the Broncos side, there isn't a hell of a lot of positive stuff. But one guy that is on my watch list, and I'll be watching this game for sure, is Katoni Staggs, who um, kicked some goals on the weekend. Um, he only scored 33 points, though, which is pretty poor. But Katoni Staggs is now only 218,000, has a BE of 37. And he looks like he's got that centre spot locked up. So I'm having a look at um, him very closely the next couple of weeks because he obviously does play that round 16 buy and he's a dual centre wing second rower. And he could be a prime trade-in um, for that second buy period. And, you know, round 13, he might only be 250k. I was watching him kick goals last week. He doesn't look very stable, mate. Um, I'm not sure how much action he's going to get. He did look pretty good with his runs, but um, every time he got the ball, he just seemed to run hard. He was he was there in support. He just got nabbed a couple of times trying to get away. But mate, I I I, I, I felt nervous for the bloke with him to kick him from two meters from the side of the post. He just seemed to have banana kick, like half a half a JT banana kick, and just just didn't seem to look um, natural or comfortable at all. Yeah, he's. I think he's a real talented player. So he's someone that's. Um... I think going to be a buy at some point, um, and at the moment, you know, hopefully he gets he gets real cheap in the next couple of weeks as a buy off, and then for the Gold Coast game, I'm really eyeing him off for that Gold Coast game in round 13. I, I think that I want to trade him in for that because he's got pretty good job security now. Looks like James Roberts as well is probably not going to come back in the Bronx side. So, um, so yeah, I'm, he's one of the ones that I'm definitely watching this game, and I'm actually going to be watching Mill for the next few weeks as well because. He's playing in round 16 too, and he looked a lot better on the weekend. What's the deal with Roberts? Uh, I think that they've just had enough, mate. He's um, There's been rumours that his attitude's been terrible forever. Um, he's had alcohol addiction. I'm pretty sure that it was that it was rehab for both alcohol and drugs. Um, and he's been, you know, obviously that picture a month ago of him coming out of a party being carried, obviously looking quite under the weather. So I think that... Um, you know, they were talking about it on NRL 360 tonight, actually, and they mentioned, you know, Wayne Bennett was probably, it seems like he might have been a little bit more, um, not softer, 
been more understanding of working with Roberts through his issues and stuff, whereas Seabold seems maybe a bit more authoritarian and it's just going to be, you know, not going to be putting up with any crap anymore. And unfortunately, Roberts is one of those guys that just doesn't seem to have grown up over the years. He's had multiple issues, multiple clubs, um, and he's just going to be out in the wilderness. So he's going to be playing Queensland Cup this week. And the South Sydney Rabbitohs have come out and said, including Wayne Bennett, that they've got no interest in taking him on. And I don't see anyone taking him on for the amount of money he's on and all the baggage that he's got. So, yeah, it's it's a bit of a interesting story. So the short answer is he's got issues, all right? He's got issues. There's that many issues, mate. You could talk about it forever, but it means it stags for super coach purposes. And Shibasaki with um, Bird down with an ACL as well, both have pretty good job security now. So they're going to be a watch. But for this game, mate, I think the Roosters are going to go really well. I'm going to be considering the C on Tedesco. And I reckon that we're going to seek a bit of revenge and we're going to end up winning 34 to 10. Be cool. Um, yeah, I think you guys are smashing too. <laughs> um, uh, Titans vs Dogs is the next game. Uh, first one on the Saturday. Michael Gordon has been ruled out for the week, so AJ Brimson shifts from 5'8 to fullback once again, and Tyrone Roberts returns to the halves. Futuaki is in the starting side. Shannon Boyd moves back to the bench for the Bulldogs. Really big super coach news. Corey Harawea Naira is back. Fantastic for those that had to bench him last week. Reese Martin earns a spot back, but it's on the bench, so not very good. Um, and he's only earned that back because back rower Adam Elliott actually has an ankle injury and he's out for two to three weeks. So it looks like that he wasn't going to actually get back in the side, Martin, unless Elliott went down. In this one, Billy, um, we've obviously talked about Martin quite a bit, so we're not going to talk about him again. But on the market watch, um, there isn't much happening between the Dogs and the Titans, and realistically, the Titans players aren't too popular. Um, and neither are the dogs. But do you see any shining lights in this game for Supercoach? Sure do. Brimson at fullback. Yeah, you've been a bit of a Brimson before, uh, fan before, mate. So, um, I mean, Michael Gordon's only out for a week. Surely he's just a watch. You shouldn't be looking at bringing him in. Yeah, I wouldn't bring him in. If for some reason he absolutely kills it this week and Gordon somehow gets relegated to a wing, I can't see how that's going to happen because he just doesn't have the same speed that he used to. But, um, yeah, I just like Brimson at fullback, mate. Um, he has to, uh, he has, this probably sounds a bit silly. It's like saying, oh, a winger has to score. Like, he does need some attacking stats. Like, uh, he scored 84 last year with two tries and 73 at fullback with one try um, versus the Storm and 58 versus the Cowboys with one try. So the one game he didn't score a try, scored 26 versus Penn. So it doesn't look like the base is uh, very high, but doesn't know how to get over the um, um, sniffer pie. So um, not the worst. Um, but yeah, as for other players in that team, I'd probably be looking um, at, the, at the dogs, mate. The um, Arrow is the only other one, but he's pretty much a staple in everyone's team now, given he's get. A, that is Arrow, and B, he's getting more minutes. Yeah, big shout-out to um, yeah. Arrow, 68 minutes last week again, and he scored 70 points. So he's got a three-round average of 71, so he deserves a mention. He's back to the old Arrow that we that we wanted as far as his consistency the last month of football. Yeah, like we said before, a guy punching 65, there's no point getting rid of that when he's performing, uh, when he's not performing well. He's still not performing much better. He's averaging 71 now. So, yeah, um, yeah, CHN, I'm looking forward to playing again this week. Uh, exactly the same base as that uh, Hudson 
Yeah. I was going to say Hawk then. Yeah, whatever his name is. <laughs> you know, 30, 30 points in tackles, 15 points in hit-ups, a couple of offloads, a couple of TBs. He's playing the Titans. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty excited about putting him straight back into the centre three-quarter. Um, one guy in this game that's been a bit of an enigma, Jaden Oakenball. The first few rounds, he looked like he was just about you know, going to be almost a centre-wing keeper. Um, and he's fallen off really badly. He, I thought he would have gone well against the Knights, and he only scored 25 points. Doesn't look too involved. Um, playing the Titans, yeah, as a winger, he can get some tries. Um, he could very well go across a stripe. But some teams are, are looking at, at even trading him out, and I know a lot of teams actually have looked at it. Um, he obviously plays around 12 by, but he's stunk it up a little bit in some of these games. Would you firstly be holding him? And secondly, um, do you think that, he might be a bit of a dark horse to um to go over the stripe this week and actually put up a bit of a decent score. Oh, 100%. Um, I'm not going to be selling him at all. Uh, like you said, dark horse to go over the stripe. But um, I wouldn't want to count on, count on it. Um, the last few games, he's, he's had um, he's had a bit of a higher base. Like He's, he, he's had pretty much had a line break in almost every game that he's played, um, apart from last week. He had one the first week, then three, then one, then none, then two, then one. But last week, he all of a sudden, he had no, no line breaks, no offloads. Um, tackle bus right down. Like he only had one tackle bus last week, where he usually had like a minimum of, minimum two every other week. Um, it, it just pretty, he was pretty much down in every single category last week. And when, when he when he his hit ups were ten points less than usual. And if he doesn't get um like five five or six points less than usual, and if he doesn't get um get that one he's he's just gonna have that thirty score and unfortunately that was that was last week mate so um yeah look he could go over the white stripe this week but when you've got other guys around like uh Corey Allen being available at fullback I'd much rather take that option for you know, a bloke who's gonna get kick returns and um Jaden Ockenball just leave him on the pine for round four and sell him at round thirteen for whatever price you can get for him. Yeah I'm definitely on the hold on the hold side of things. Um I, I'm gonna make a, a big a big call here and say that Ockenball has a good game this week. I reckon he's gonna score sixty five plus points this week. Uh I think he's gonna go well against the Titans. So on that note, Billy, um this one's an absolute crap shoot. So I'll let you do the honors. What do you think the score's gonna be? Does the dogs team that played Melbourne turn up and does the Titans <laughs> that played oh, I don't know. Uh, mate, I'll go twenty two twenty for the dogs. All right, well, because you did that, I'll go 22-20 for the Titans, so we'll see which one of us got it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Let's move on to the Cowboys versus the Eels. So this one's up at 1300 Small Stadium. Uh, Cow's news is Jake Granville um, is in, but he has to prove his fitness from a concussion test that he'll have during the week. Uh, Eels news, Sevo um, suspended, which a lot of people thought he should have got sent off for last week, replaced by George Jennings. Um, Hoffman is going to actually play centre for Michael Jennings. So Will Smith's been actually promoted to starting 5'8 with Salmon dropped altogether. Um, I've thought that Salmon should have looked a lot better than what he has. He's been pretty disappointing. Uh, but probably the, the biggest super coach news, one is Reed Marnie returns to the starting hooker spot, which is great because he got benched last week, hurt a lot of owners. But the biggest news is Manu Ma'u is starting at lock finally. And he is the guy that I'm looking at the most here, Billy, in the next couple of weeks because um, he's starting at lock. He's going to get a lot more minutes. He should drop in price pretty nicely. A lot of people have been asking, you know, is Manu Ma'u an option? And it was always when he's starting again and he's getting his minutes, he will be. 
And when he's got a low BE, that's when you can buy him. He's got 104 BE this week, 568K. Uh, could be around 500K or so once we get to round uh, 12 for the buy. And he looks like a good option at a centre wing. Yeah, I'm just concerned when uh, Nathan Brown's going to come back and what his minutes rotation is, um, given that both edges are playing 80. When Mao's healthy, you know he's going to be the 80-minute guy on on the left edge, but um, does he end up doing the same as what um, Mauro has been doing in place sort of you know, 40 or 50 or 60 minutes and then um, had a spell in the middle, or does he rotate straight through edge and does that mean Lane comes off or or goes to right and Decore comes off? I I'm glad he's got a high break even, man, because I really don't want to test the waters this week. I don't want to play any of those yields. I just want to see what that rotation is. And then, um, yeah, like you said, if he's still, if he's still playing lock in round 12, then pick him up on the cheap, chuck him straight into that center three quarter for a while and bleed him for as long as we can until um, Nathan Brown comes back and uh, roughly claims the throne. Yeah, I agree, mate. I'm going to be watching the next couple of weeks, but certainly not touching. Uh, Michael Morgan's... Um, the six most traded out player at the moment, 4.1%. Not a surprise at all. He's almost back to his starting money. He's only actually made $13,000 from his starting price at this point and has been quite disappointing. Has to go with Laurie and Looming as well. Uh, Maker Sivo has actually been traded out by 2.5% of coaches as well. This is an interesting one that I wanted to give to you, Billy. He's not going to get the juicy matchup against the Cowboys this week, which is disappointing for owners. Um, he's 554k now. And even though he plays round 12 and he's probably a good option because he's been scoring really well, I was actually playing around in my team and realized that I you know, already have 12 or 13 um, for round 12 anyway with trades in hand coming up and looked at it and thought, geez, I could actually do a downgrade of Sevo to Gutherson and I'm going to make money out of that trade. Or for almost the same price, I could trade him straight to Croker as well. Um, so... He looks like that you could just um, you know, trade him now and just cash in on him. But obviously, he's had some really big games when he has been playing. Do you think that it's a, a decent week to trade him out and just get like a sort of semi-keeper, round 12 type of guy in? Or do you reckon that you should be holding and he's actually you know got a fair bit more points left in him? If you're trading to a guy like Tormalala, yes. But if you're going to trade him to a guy like Croker or Gutho, you're probably just wasting a trade. I'd just hold on to him and hope that he scores the same as those blokes in round 12 then punt him to a, um, someone for the next line, mate. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm I'm actually considering it. Um, and my reasoning is that um, if I'm going to look at Gutherson as a season-long keeper in centre wing, then I feel like that I'm getting the round 12 cover and a keeper. If I can do it via Jules and go Sivo to Tomalolo, it's kind of the same deal. Um, Season-long keeper and round 12 by cover. But I see where you're coming from, and I, I agree a little bit. If you're getting him, if you're just getting someone else that's going to play the buy that you're going to trade out anyway and not keep in your team, then it's probably not worth it. But I can understand why people are looking at it, because I certainly am. Traded in-wise, um, Jason Tomalolo is far and away the most traded-in player in this game, Billy. 14.3% of coaches have traded him in. He's got a $602,000 price tag, but um, only a 55 BE. It's a little bit misleading because if you do the maths on it, um, you know he could still have a decent game this week and he's going to end up having a big BE next week still. It's actually going to be higher than 55 more likely um, and he'd probably have that um, higher BE for a couple of weeks. So you can actually wait, but do you just think that maybe you just trade him in now um, being that he's playing against the Eels and he, he could go nuts and you get to get the points now. 
Yeah, you never know what's going to happen versus the Eels. And actually, that just reminded me, five front row forwards that have already scored against the Eels. Um, uh, then you've got Philly Kane who scored, so there's six players. He was locked. There you go. Oh, and you've got uh, Blake Laurie scored as well. He scored a 69. So is that one or seven? Yeah, it's seven. Yeah, seven middle forwards, and you got to consider as well that middle forwards don't generally score a lot of tries. Particularly the props don't score many tries. Yet the Parramatta Eels give away a lot to them. So even though seven might not sound like that much, it's not like the props are wingers as far as the score try scoring goes. Some of them go a whole season and only score one or two. So um, that's yeah, so it's significant. Like, like, what Tom is twice likely, I think, is what you're trying to say. Before I really interrupt you. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so I think it's a great week to get Tom Malolo in because I reckon that he could absolutely carve up Parramatta. He's a decent C option, to be honest. He scored 72 and 85 the last two weeks. That includes one try, but last week he got no try and he still scored 72 points. Got some um, good TBs in there as well with a raw base of 56 points. So I think he's a decent safety option for the C this week. I can see why he's a number one bought player, Billy. Uh, and even though he might drop in cash a little bit next week or the week after, I think it's a perfect time to get him in. Yeah, mate. He scored 67-85 most of the years last year too. And I'll bet one of those... I was going to bet one of those had a try. No, he didn't. So he, he scored... Um, 63 in base and 61 in base versus the Eels last year. So he's uh, averaged he averaged 76 versus the Eels last year without a try. So absolute C option. Yep. The other guys that are interesting in this game, um, I actually think that Gutherson and, and Fergo are both going to do pretty well. Both are around that 520k mark. Um, I don't think, if you if you are going to bring them in, and we've already spoken enough about them for the buys, but if you are going to bring them in, I do think this is a good week to bring them in as far as if you want the points from them. I reckon that they, uh, Gutherson and, and um, Fergo are both going to do well against the Cowboys and Gutho's going to bounce back from that 10 points. I'm going to call Gutho 70 plus this week against the Cows. No, I don't think he does. I reckon um, after last week, confidence density just comes back to earth, and he's like a he's just punches a simple sort of fifty-five this week. I reckon for me, away from home, I don't think I don't think the Eels perform well at all up there. I reckon the Cowboys get him. Oh wow, mate! You've really gone down on your team this year. I no, not, da- not down on them. I'm just realistic. <laughs> the Cows are one of the worst teams in the in the league, so I'm. Um, I'm... So are we. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to give your boys a bit more credit. I'm going to call this one a um, an Eels victory. I reckon they're going to bounce back and it's going to be a 28-20 scoreline. Um, they'll give up some points, but I reckon that they'll get home and I reckon it'll be on the back of Fergo, Gutho and um, maybe even Mitchell Moses having a big game. He's another guy that's been coming up, but it's not the most entertaining game, mate. So let's just move on and let's go on to the Raiders versus Rabbits because this one should be an absolute cracker. Jordan Rapana is gone for three to four weeks. Um, so all those Bailey Simonson owners, particularly the ones that just left him in your side, you are absolutely blessed. Um, Nick Kotrick goes to centre and Michael Oldfield to the wing. Um, for the Rabbitohs, the big super coach news is Alex Johnson is out for about a month with a knee injury. Uh, Corey Allen shifts to fullback, so... That's going to be interesting um, for Allen owners as well. They've also been blessed because he hasn't been scoring great. And now at fullback, we get to see whether he can get his points up, which surely he will. And Moini Hiroti actually comes onto the wing for South. So he's um, an interesting one. For those guys that like to do the whole, um, you know, play round 12 by and then, you know, not hear from them again, potentially he might be one of those guys because he could play round 12 and then Alex Johnson returns. I don't like doing that myself, but he's an option to watch nonetheless. 
So, Billy, Raiders and Souths, this one's a, a really good um, matchup. I reckon it's going to be one of the best games of the round. Yeah, I reckon it'll be pretty good, mate. Um, looking forward to seeing uh, how these points go. So, we've spoken about a lot of these um, Raiders players. Hudson Young's obviously got the 11 jersey again, which is good. Charles Nickel-Conkstad, you basically have to play him every single week. Um, and the Raiders are at home, so I expect him to still go well against the Rabbits. I'm just agreeing with you, mate. Yes, um, CMK, he's just a um, really fast, short-stepping fullback, just like um, like um, uh, Tulvasa Shek, mate. Um, no wonder he couldn't get a gig over there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he seems to be doing exactly the same thing as what RTS did when he first went to the Chooks, mate. Just... Great support play, um, good, good, good tackle busting runner. Um, you'd, you'd be happy to play him any, any week. Um, you look at him last week; everyone's saying, "Oh, look, he's on five. Here we go. Can't wait to get rid of him." Then bang, 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 and he's up to seventy-five or something in no time, mate. And I, I know I've spoken about Jared Croker before too, but I will say he's only thirteen percent owned, um, and playing at home, even though it's South at home the next two weeks, um, he's very likely to keep going as far as his scoring goes. So. I'd certainly be looking at him as an option this week, and I'd definitely be playing him. Um, on the Rabbits' side, though, they absolutely, all the big guns fired. Damien Cook got a ton, uh, well, almost 150. Sam Burgess and Cam Murray both got 70s and 80s, respectively, and they both played really well last week. Cody Walker got his try, <laughs> still got the 65 points, even though he was looking like he was going to miss the party. Uh, all these Rabbits look like good options this week. But the Raiders' defense, Billy, this year has been very, very good near the top of the league. Obviously gave up 30 points against the Roosters last week. Do you think that the um, the Rabbits, being one of the top teams in the league, um, you know, managed to score a heap of points on the Raiders and it's more like last year's Raiders? Or do you reckon the defense holds and these heavily owned players maybe take a bit of a hit? Yeah, I reckon um, they hold, mate. Um, I reckon it'll be a lot closer game than what you think. Um, my only hope is that Walker doesn't go over the line and he comes back to earth before that round 12 gets way, puts him, puts him way too far out of reach. I actually have a confession to make, which I haven't discussed with you. I changed my trades last week. Remember when we said that it was going to be a big balls option if you were going to go for Cody Walker at his price? I ended up doing it. So I actually grabbed Cody Walker last week because I did the maths on it and I figured... He might only be 50k cheaper in a couple of weeks, and I really needed the points, so I actually got him in last week. Uh, and I'm, I'm Fair yeah, well, I got 65 points, so he was, he was pretty close to his BE. It only was a 10k drop, and um, I reckon he might score against the Raiders this week. That's going to be my big call. I reckon, despite the Raiders' defense, Cody Walker is going to hit 80 plus this week. If Prison is anything to go by, mate, you may as well bank on it. It's not like he's missed any other week. <laughs> I do reckon that the, um, the the forwards might be a little bit more stock standard this week, though. So, um, Sammy Burgess, I certainly wouldn't be throwing the C on, and I think he's going to be falling a bit back to earth. Yeah, I can't see Serge scoring a try every week. And as good as he's been lately, um, a uh, bloody cold game down there. Well, we talked about him in a preseason being a great option at prop. That was purely because of um, what he could potentially do and his value and him being available at the front row. Um, he's done exactly what we thought he would um, and, and a bit more. So I wouldn't expect anything more out of him. Just just leave him in your team and hope he keeps doing these type of stats once every couple of games. What about Captain and Cook, mate? I know you mentioned that earlier. Um, you know, obviously, the Raiders pack's been renowned for being pretty big and physical, but they're a little bit more mobile these days. And defensively, they are very good now. 
Uh, do you think the Cook might, is still a good captaincy option this week, or do you think it might be, you know, maybe chasing last week's points and they might actually struggle a little bit against the Raiders middle? He's a good option against any team because you know he's going to, um, you know, he's just going to punch, um, you know, a, a good sort of forty points in in, in tackles, um, maybe a forced dropout or two. He's going to get a get a couple of runs. So even if he doesn't break the line, you know, you, you know he's going to have that high base and that score that you'll be able to go home and go. Oh, well, at least it wasn't a 30, you know, it's not the end of the bloody world. And you know that sort of 30% of people are going to captain him anyway, so he's that really sort of safe option. Um, fair enough. I, I see him as an okay option this week. I, I think I'd take a riskier approach myself. This one, Billy, I reckon is going to be, like I said, one of the real good games of the weekend, so I'm actually going to make the big call that we're going to Golden Point in this one. I reckon it's going to be 25-24, and it's going to be an Adam Reynolds field goal to cement his... Um, Candidacy for the Blues number seven jersey that wins the game. I bet you pineapple it doesn't go to Golden Point. Oh, I think I'll get better odds for a draw at Sports Pet, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame a bloke for trying, mate. <laughs> uh, nice try, but you're not going to get my pineapples. So moving on, Dragons versus Knights. This one's actually going to be played in Mudgee. Um, Dragons news: no changes to the 17, um, but Corbin Sims, who's returning from a broken arm, has been recluded, included in the reserves. I think that he's a decent chance of coming in, um, if not this week, then next. The Knights, um, we've got no changes at all. They've obviously got a couple of games on the trot that they've won, looked a hell of a lot better. Uh, and Kalen Ponga, that's the big news. He's continued his form of either scoring 80s or 90s every week that he's been at fullback, aside from one week where he scored a 68 and... This is one of the games, Billy. This is one of the ones where I'm feeling Ponga yet again is going to go big. Um, Dragons defensively in that second half last week were poor. Um, Mary McGregor's options of moving around his back line to accommodate Aitken coming in off the bench was terrible. The Warriors scored down that um, edge straight away as soon as that happened. And either side of the field, the Warriors just um, carved them up, the Dragons. So... I reckon Caelan Pong is going to be a nightmare for them. I really like the Knights' chances of winning. That's my sports bet of the week. $2.20 for the Knights, Billy, and Caelan Ponga, heavily considering the C, going straight on him. He's been doing it the last of the five weeks in a row. Those last five weeks for uh, Dragons, Manly, Titans, Parramatta, New Zealand and Bulldogs, though. Um, he did hold this average last year, but I, I would hold off him and just do Cook instead, I think. If, he's, if, he's, if he does have a potential low one, I reckon it, it'll be this week. Oh, big call. I'm, I think I'm going to roll with it. If, he's, if his um, captaincy percentage is low compared to Cook and some of the other guys, and I think it will be because I think there will be a lot of chases from last week's points, uh, I think I'm going to go for the pot option of Ponga. Um, but I'll wait and see what the captaincy percentages look like. Uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, I'm going to give him a shout. I've um, been calling him for a try for a few weeks, and he scored a try two out of the last three. He got his line break and his try last week for 70 points, which is great. Finally starting to come along. Um, and just quietly, I think the Dragons' edge is around about fourth or fifth most conceded super coach points. Um, and so Fitzgibbon looks like a, a pretty decent option, Billy, for this week. I reckon he might get another try. Yeah, smoke. I wouldn't buy him, but Smokey, um, if, you, if you're owning, probably a hold. Sports bet, mate. Anytime try score of $4. Dragons' edge, fifth worst for super coach for tries. Yeah, right. Roll with it. <laughs> this one, like I said, um, even though they're outsiders, um, I think they're going to continue on their form, and I reckon it's going to be a, uh, a twenty to twelve type of scoreline for the Knights and Ponga to start eighty plus again. Eighty, 
I hope he does, mate. I just wouldn't want to bank on the sea on it this week. That's 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 just a gut feeling. That's all. It's got nothing to do with him not not being able to do it. He's got a rolling average of seventy five eighty um, all the time, but a rolling average of seventy five eighty means there's going to have to be a couple of low ones here and there. And I, I just figured this one might be one of those sixty sixty five scores. So I'd, I'd rather go with a guy like Cleary, um, VC Monster, and go Cleary straight out and see this week. I think. Yeah, fair call, mate. They're all good options. Uh, the final game of the round is the Sharkies versus Seagulls. Um, so for the Sharks, there's no news, which means Fafita's still starting, but he didn't return from that hamstring injury last week, and this is the last game of the round, so there is some concern that he could um, end up succumbing to it, um, and then we're in a bit of trouble. Matt Moylan's going to be sitting out another week. He was scheduled to return this week, but it looks like he's returning next week instead. For the Eels, uh, sorry, for the Eagles, um, Dylan Walker is back, um, Tafua's back, Fanil Blake is back, and Lachlan Croker is back. So even though Surly and Sipley are both gone, um, and they're gone for four weeks for Surly, and, and Sipley I think is long-term with a serious knee injury, they've got some pretty handy players back for Manly, and I think that they're going to be um, pretty competitive with the Sharkies. Uh, mate, Andrew Fafita... Are you are you going to start him being the last game and when you're going to have to maybe cop an AE or are you going to potentially just bench him and just get someone else in? I think given the last game, I'd probably bench him just for that safety factor. Um, given how far away I am, sometime, I think some of the tricks up my sleeve are going to be the ones I don't have. So, <laughs> yeah, I might, I, might, uh, yeah, I might bench him, mate. Um, Britton Nakora, I reckon, might score pretty well this week as well. Um, but other than that, it's pretty stock standard. But one of the guys that is on the most traded out list is Bronson Zeri. Uh, a lot of people are um, jumping off him. Um, so he's at 315k. He actually just lost a couple of thousand dollars. So he's pretty much peaked. He does only have a 49B, so it's not massive. Uh, in 39% of teams, um, and you know about 10% of those plus are jumping off at the moment. Do you think that he's a hold, mate? Or you know, considering that you might want to trade him for a round 12 player, this is maybe the opportune time to get out. Uh, I'd be holding 100%, mate. There's there's not many options for um, the next buy round, and he, he's an explosive outside back. Um, if you look at the game last week, the first five or ten minutes they were going to him non-stop. Um, I think he had oh, three or four or five good chances um, on the edge, but just didn't seem to get over. And there, there was dead set one, one play inside the first of the three minutes where he was tr- he was he was trying to um, draw the defender and then pass, but um, he just passed instead of holding on himself. And he would he would have I reckon he would have just strolled through the line if he held onto that ball instead of chucking it out of the back, and you, you would have all of a sudden seen a seventy four score instead of a forty four. So whatever it was, so um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be um, I wouldn't be trading him, mate. I reckon he's one of the better options for the next buy round, and he's easily covered between now and then. I think he's an easy hold for this week. I don't think you have to sell him. I'd be selling him for a round 12 number, though, eventually. So you've got to do it in the next couple of weeks. Um, he might get a try this week or something. I, I think it's, I'm non-plussed. I reckon you could go either way. I'm going to throw out a, um, a dark horse guy that no one's really talking about. Um, Aaron Gray. I know he's not the greatest NRL immortal. He scored 90 points last week. He's coming up to his third game. Um, his first game was only 10 points. His second game was 90 points because he scored two tries. Obviously, um, going up against Manly, he's got a decent chance at a try. He's playing at home as well at Shark Park. He's only 216,000 and he's got a minus 23 BE. So just quietly, he's got you know a better 
BE than what um than what Herbert had, um, and what Aikens had, and he's also around a similar price point. So he's another guy that's um potentially an option, but obviously not playing round twelve. So I've uh, got to look at him carefully, I guess. I think there's more watches than sort of purchases this week. Um, there's not many, as many speculators as sort of um, 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 Hudson coming in where you need to really need to make a decision within a week or two. So I think a lot of blokes like that, you can sort of sit back and watch and sort of evaluate and just pull the trigger at the last minute. Yeah, Dylan Walker's obviously another guy we said that we're going to be watching in this one, but um, I, I wouldn't be buying Aaron Gray, um, even though he's... he's um, got that negative BE and stuff. If he was playing round 12, I think he'd be a much better option. But uh, no, can't do it. So I reckon that the Manly side's going to be pretty competitive in this game and it's going to be a bit of a slugfest with the Sharks. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game either. If Andrew Fafita goes, I wouldn't even be surprised if there's a bit of an upset um, if he's not playing. But, mate, I reckon it's going to be a bit of an ugly one, 18-14 or something like that. Uh, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't even be surprised if the scores don't get that high, mate. Um, uh, I couldn't believe this stat, but outside backs are scoring nothing against Manly either. They're all some fifty scores pretty much. So um, I wouldn't back anyone to score against them. Um, yeah, I reckon this is probably a sixteen to sort of twelve game. Yeah, I don't actually think I want any part of this game. I wouldn't want anyone in it. I'm hopeful that Britain Nakora might be able to score on that edge, or maybe running even a little bit wider. Um, but the yeah. the edges in the middle for Manly actually give up more tries than what the um, than what the backs do. You're right. So maybe someone like Nakora is going to go over. Hopefully, but other than that, this is a pretty barren Super Coach game. Yeah, Nakora's the only black going to play there, mate. What a letdown to finish up on. We needed a better game than that for the last game of the round, but you know, can't change the draw. So, like always, good luck for uh, next week, mate. Thanks for jumping on again. Hopefully, um, you go from 1,300 to 1,400 this week. Mate, might need 1,500 the way these draws are rolling around, mate. <laughs> I just hope that I score my best, uh, captain my best play this week. But anyway, we'll chat next week, Billy. Thanks for jumping on. No worries, buddy. See you next week, mate. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, download or listen to us on SoundCloud or iTunes, as always. On Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore AllStars. Thanks for all the support and the follows and definitely the shares on Twitter help as well. So let's have a share week, share everything around for us so we can get a few more listeners in and good luck for the round, guys. It's going to be a big one. Remember to plan for your buys and plan ahead the next two weeks because you'll run out of trades very quickly and round 12 will be upon us. But until next week, good luck and we'll chat to you then.